Harden not your heart. Let the word come forth today. In every living creature. Glory to God. Good morning, people of the most high God. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all. Wow, this is a tough study for me. I guess you guys hear me say that a lot, right? Mm. <laughs> Most of it us, was tough. My studies are kind of tough. I walked by and started sweating. I was like, good gracious, what you doing? <laughs> he gave me Shit, these me. terrifying topics. He, <laughs> the topics are really <laughs> sometimes a little scary. Y'all want to hear this topic? The topic for the day is the killing place. Killing place. It's really the sacrificial encounter with the living God, the killing place. Keep in mind throughout those words, killing place. We're going to come from the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 8. Uh, I'm just going to really highlight verses 1 through 5, but the actual topic is on the entirety of chapter 8 of Leviticus. And Leviticus is a type of book that is not normally taught from because it really deal with, uh, for one, it's dealing with the, the sins. Uh, in this particular chapter, it's dealing with uh, the consecration of the high priest in which you and I are that now. We are considered to be from a royal priesthood. So it's really about consecrating our lives as the righteous people of God. Because what is a very saddening reality is that the body of Christ has become just this nesting place for social encounters and not spiritual and permanent growth. So we are looking like and sounding like and acting like the world. And God has commanded us to live a consecrated life, not go on consecration for three or seven days or 21 day fast, but this is a lifestyle. We are commanded to live a set apart life. You are commanded to and been called out to live a life separate from this world. Okay? And just think about it as you know, you begin to hear what God has to say about this. Am I really living a consecrated life? Or am I living as a friend of the world? As the sinner actually does. So it's called out of the world. Out of the appetites of the desires for this world. The world system. The love of the culture of this world. We have a great love for the culture of the world. The ideology, the falsehood or trinkets that lures the Christians back into the law of sin and death. The trinkets of the world. And I had a conversation with Rocket this morning about, just about traveling. And uh, part of my job requires me to do frequently travel. And they, you eat good, live good, it's great. Matter of fact, I'm going to Vegas for about three or four days come next month. And, but I don't like to travel. Um, prior to my marriage, I thought I really wanted to go to Hawaii. You know, you, 
you, when you think about taking vacation, you think about, you know, the beautiful places to go, where is, is the landscape of the place, the facilities, the water, is it more blue, clear, the color of the sand? You think about all these different things and activities when you want to go on a vacation. Because with a vacation, we call it, we consider that we're going to get a getaway. But you really don't because you get to go. You can't get away from yourself. But we consider vacation as a getaway. And um, I said, Rock, I said, um, she was like, I don't understand why you don't like to travel, you know? I'm like, I said, it seemed like, I said, the best way to describe this is the closer I've gotten with God, the less affection and feelings I have for the world. Mm -hmm. And I, you all know I love sports cars, and you know I don't have that now. It's by choice I decided not to, to have a sport car. But that was my thing, because you have feelings and you have affection for things. Don't you? <laughs> okay. Of course. Some of us have stronger feelings and affection for things, for the things of this world. And... You know, you know, whether it's a house or car, a certain kind of car, a certain kind of house, certain kind of vacation, certain kind of whatever. But you have feelings, emotions tied to people, places, or things. And I didn't realize I had a disconnect now towards the things, so much of a disconnect towards the things of this world until we start to talk about travel and why. And I love it because... I said, well, when I travel, it's, I'm still on the world. I know it sounds kind of deep, but I'm like, I didn't leave the earth. I'm still just in another location in the world, right? But for some reason, in your head, you, you think that you are just somewhere so far away from where you are. You're still on the earth. And then I said, well, it's not only... You go in there, you see water. Water's where I'm at. You see land. Land is where I'm at. You see trees or not trees or desert, depending on what it is. But for some reason, some kind of chemistry in your mind clicks and gives you these feelings and emotions. But what's not clicking is the feelings and emotions and affection for God. This is why you have to kill the deeds of your flesh. It has to be a killing. Mm. It's a great need for a killing of the deeds of your flesh. Paul says, I crucify my flesh daily. What are you not really killing your flesh? What you're doing, you're killing the deeds of your flesh. Mm. Because your flesh has a mind and it has a purpose for your life. Your flesh does. It has a mind besides your own mind. Your flesh has one too. Mm -hmm. And it has a purpose for your life that does not coincide with the purpose that God has for you. Y'all believe that, don't you? Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. <laughs> You're like, mm -mm, that's not me. Oh, yes, it is because you got flesh. <laughs> and he said no good thing dwells in it. So when we have this love for the world, it lures the Christian back into the law of sin and death. 
That's really good. You go back into the slavery of serving sin and gratifying your flesh. It causes us as a new creation to delay our spiritual growth, as well as the overall advancement of the kingdom of God. Think about the state of the body of Christ. Where are we really? We're stagnant. That's correct. Is that a good thing? Who and can do something about that? Mm -hmm. Who can do something about that? What's happening is that the spiritual leaders are creating these topics and teachings to feed your flesh. Hmm. So you're happy and you're jumping up and you're saying, say that, and people running around because Touch you have neighbor. these coming out, you know, and breakthrough message and, you know, this is your day and, and the best year of your life. and The double, the double. The double, you know, quadruple year is for you. And you have all these sayings. It's only to feed your emotional flesh desires and hunger, but not your spirit. And this is the lack, the lack of our growth or the failure of us growing in the body of Christ. And this is why it's so hard to do the required standards of living a godly life. That's so good. Because you've been trained. Your very foundation of Christianity was founded on your emotions, your flesh. So you would either give or not give. Depending on your flesh, you either serve faithfully or not serve faithfully, depending on your flesh, mm. never being led by your spirit. Amen. So the purpose of the teaching is to really bring us back to living a consecrated, separated life from this world and bring your focus, your affection, your feelings, your emotion towards your creator. Amen? Amen. I, I just want to add to that because that's what really, you know, worship or in your life um, walk should be about. But they don't make it about your understanding of God in love and who he is versus um, God that gives me my desires and give me this and give me that and my feelings and my emotions but it's never in that relationship, that intimate relationship where right. house, cars, clothes, none of that matters. When all that stripped away my relationship with you, because if you really love somebody, mm -hmm. none of those things matter. You'll be in a cardboard box just as long as I'm with you. Right. See, and we don't look at God like that. They don't, it's, it's, it's a lot of just underlying things. And what I really want us to really understand, this is a relationship with God, Amen. your heavenly father. And I'm, because I know he loves me and I can go to his word and he tells me I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. I don't have to be giving this year is this type of year. And I didn't even fulfill the last two years of what they said, but it is to attach to me to emotionally attach to what he said. You have and, a false, you've been given a false sense of advancement in your natural life and also in your spiritual life. This is what's been happening. You've been given a false sense of victory in your natural life 
also in your spiritual life with what you've been hearing. Why you defeated? Victory! So you claim a new year being as whatever they would want, what sounds good, and make you feel that you're going to be victorious. But the working has not been established within the spirit of man. Mm. So here's some of our key terms that you're going to be hearing. You're going to hear sin offering. Mm. You're going to hear burnt and consecrated offering. You're going to hear mitzah, a mitzah. Mm -hmm. It is the unleavened bread. Mm -hmm. It's considered to be affliction and also freedom. This is what that bread, matzah bread. Mm. You're going to hear about the anointing oil which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. You're going to hear consecrate, and consecrate is an action word. It's to set apart. It is to be holy. It's to cause himself to be hallowed of God. Okay. Purify. Atonement. You're going to hear that. To cover over, such as a lid, and is the word for the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. And it's also in the fence that's made by one person, but he has the person who is the actual, the victim, take on the offense of the person who actually was guilty. You're going to hear that. So the victim cover up the offender's guilt, Mm. atonement. And this is what happened for us. It also means, atonement also means new heart and new spirit. It makes it so that your sin is unseen and it restores you back to your original state. Atonement does. Amen. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the killing place, consecration. Altar. Altar is considered to be the slaughter place. Slaughter or killing place, altar. It represents the sacred encounter with the living God. Altar. Considered to be fire pit. Quite a few things. But these are mm-hmm. some terms that you're going to be hearing. So let's turn to our foundation scripture. Leviticus 8 verse 1 through 5. And I will be reading from the New Living Translation. Again, that's Leviticus 8 verse 1 through 5. And it reads, Then the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron and his sons along with their sacred garments, the anointing oil, the bull for the sin offering, the two rams, and the basket of bread made without yeast, and call the entire community of Israel together at the entrance of the tabernacle. And keep in mind what um, tabernacle actually means too. It also means the spiritual house. Verse 4. So Moses followed the Lord's instructions, and the whole community assembled at the tabernacle entrance. Moses announced to them, this is what the Lord has commanded us Mm -hmm. to do. Read it to you again. Mm -hmm. Leviticus 8, 1 through 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, bring Aaron and his sons the Levites, the priests, along with their sacred garments, the anointing oil, the bull for the sin offering, the mm-hmm. two rams and the basket of bread made without yeast, 
and called the entire community of Israel together at the entrance of the tabernacle. So Moses followed the Lord's instructions, and the whole community assembled, the, assembled at their tabernacle entrance. Moses announced to them, this is what the Lord has commanded us to do. Live a consecrated life, separated from the world. He actually asked Moses to bring the priests, the Levites, and we are considered now to be the, the high priest from a rural priesthood. He said, come, bring them all. He said, in all of the community of Israel, at the entrance of the spiritual house, and let them see and witness how they are to live Amen. a consecrated life. So what they actually did we, with the sin offering, which is Jesus Christ, he actually um, is the sin offering. So he brings actually, you, you bring a bull, the bull, the animal sacrifices is, is brought there as symbolic of what happened. This is a spiritual prophecy being unfolded and a symbolic of the animals being sacrificed for, for their sins. And this was only a temporary thing. This wasn't permanent. So that atonement was just to cover up for that one time. But what Christ has done is forever. Amen. So they did a lot of ritual actions and, and, and how they actually presented their sacrifice of the animal. First of all, it had to be their best. They bought the best unblemished animal. Mm -hmm. They bought offerings, and their animals was considered to be their income. That's right. They brought their income. They bought the best of their income. And for those that, that was considered to be poor, they bought, like, pigeons. They bought birds. They, they, anything that they could bring, but they had to bring something as an offering to show, and then when, when they actually would kill the animal, before they would kill the animal, they had to lay their right hand upon the head mm -hmm. of the sacrifice. That's right. And it wasn't just the laying on of hands, it was the, the forceful pressing down on the head with the right hand. And so it was symbolic of me transferring my sins because I was guilty to the innocent victim, which was to be sacrificed. Mm -hmm. And they would be in my stead receiving my sin for me. Mm. Then that wasn't enough. At this altar, the brazen altar, at the altar, what had to happen then, the, the actual offender had to have a sharp knife and you had to cut the throat of the innocent victim. There was a slaughter, a horrific slaughter that went on at the altar. And it was your sins that you were impressing upon the innocent. Then you, were, you would cut the throat. Mm. Blood would bleed. Then the blood was sprinkled on the altar, on the four horns of the altar. And then, then all of the um, sacrificial 
utensils, they were anointed with the oil. And then also their priestly garment had to be anointed with oil and also blood. The oil being the Holy Spirit and his blood that was slain for you before the foundations of this world. This was all what was being done. And all these different type of offerings and, and the consecrated offering. And the burnt offering. The burnt offering included the entire offering being consumed. Everything. Everything. But then there was the, 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 the cutting of the certain organs, the liver and the kidneys and the cutting away of the fat. And, and that part of the offering was burned outside of the tabernacle. Mm -mm. All the people in the community was there to witness. You were basically being exposed. Your sin was being exposed with a, the entire community of people. But then you were being also purified before the community. So then, then you had to put on all of your your consecrated garment, you put on righteousness now. And by faith, you put it on righteousness. And so by faith now, you also wear the garment of righteousness. I just want to add that. Mm -hmm. So that process has not ceased. That's correct. We think, we think it has. That's right. And you... you have to hold it down every day. Mm -hmm. It's still the cutting away mm -hmm. without the remission, without any shedding of blood. There that's is right. no remission of sin. Mm -hmm. So it's still going on. And I don't want people to just, you know, that's Old Testament. And that's how they used to do it. No, it's still happening now. He said, I come to fulfill it, mm -hmm. not do away. It's active now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I just want us not to. Oh, that's Old Testament. You don't need to know that. But that's what people say. No, you have to because you it's have a foreshadow of what was done. Where, where you at now? So it means that you need to be reminded of the gruesome and horrific act that was done on the altar and also on Calvary at the cross. You have to remember. That was his altar. Amen. The same act was done to him for us to live a separated life from this world. So when we do communion, he's always telling us to remember. Mm -hmm. And if you do the proper Seder meal, all the food and stuff that's on the plate has a, a tie to what they came out of, right. coming out of Egypt, coming out of that sin. Mm -hmm. And it's always to remind them this is what it's supposed to do. You know, it's uh, the bitter herbs and all that for, it represents the mm -hmm. tears and all. See, it's so symbolic of what we should not forget. Amen. So this thing really is surrounded around holiness and slavery to sin and how to deal with sin, sacrifice, and also worship. This was a form of worship. Amen. The offering. Sacrifice. They brought so, it's so many offerings. We, you know, it's a long list of all the different offerings that they would, would bring and, and all what they would do. They, oh. they were fully washed. They were, there was a cleansing before any of this started. So cleansing was the first thing that happened. Right. They were actually washed their hands and before they went into the tabernacle back then. It's, it's, it's so good. But the priest then, mm -hmm. there was a 
full washing. Yep. They had a full washing as if being baptized. And then they later would do the hands and the feet. Amen. I think I got that. So we're talking about in this theme, it's around around holiness and slavery to sin, how to deal with sin, sacrifice, and worship. So Moses, he he washes and he dresses them, and then he anoints the uh, tabernacle, and he does that with the utensils and, and Aaron's clothes and his son's clothes. And then he offer, he, then he send up all the offerings for the sin offering, burnt offering, ram of consecration. Then he declares to them God's charge over their lives. Mm. They've been charged now to minister. Now you're ready to minister because you've been cleansed. You've been forgiven of your sins. You've given up offerings. You worship me. And when we worship God, he ministers to us so you can minister out to other people. Amen. Now you are charged to go out and minister. You're qualified now to open your mouth and speak the word of God, and you shall have what you say now. Not if you have not been cleansed. Now you have lived a consecrated life. See, you get, you're speaking these things. The leaders are speaking certain things over Christians' life who are not living a consecrated life, and the promises are not for the, the disobedient and rebellious children. You don't hear that part, Tort. Amen. Mm -hmm. We're required to live this consecrated life to kill sin. Be cleansed. Put on righteousness. Give, give your all to God. Give your all to him. So in your offering, worship, praise, prayer, fasting. Meditation. Time. You're giving Give, he said, give all of yourself. You can't decide to reserve a certain part of your life to you because you, you no longer have a life. Your life was given up to God. You can't reserve any part of what you think is your life because your life is not your own anymore. You can't decide that I want to not be at the gathering because your life your time is not your time. Your time is God's time. That's that living sacrifice. He has permitted and he has allowed that whatever you have is because I have allowed it. Mm. So when we start to live a selfish life and we think we can give God what we want and we reason with ourselves, you are not living a consecrated life. You're not living a set apart. And you're not going to look like the world because you guess what? You've been set apart. You're not going to have many friends. Guess what? You've been set apart. Sanctified. That's what it is. You, you're going to be misunderstood because you've been set apart. You're speaking differently. Hmm. You're understanding differently. And so you can't try to make anyone understand you because unless they have the same language. 
They have to speak the same language. Just because you look like you're an American. Don't mean. Doesn't mean that you are. are and you American. dress like one. And then you oh. even somewhat sound like one. But our language is different. Mm. So I can't make you understand unless we're from the same nation. And I'm from the kingdom of the most high God. Mm, I got an amen over there. Amen. I'm not, not sure that they know what the kingdom is. Okay. Well, well I'm just saying. Well, that, that, that's really a, a deeper study when you start asking people what is the kingdom of God. And you're an ambassador, which means you're a representative of that nation. And I don't care what ground you touch is sovereign. That means I can go to Portsmouth, and guess what? It's sovereign ground now because it's the kingdom. What I go, I'm an ambassador. Wherever I take me, I take the kingdom. You house the kingdom. Wherever it is, I'm taking the kingdom, and it's sovereign ground. That means this soil is the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it already is in heaven. What's coming? His kingdom. A government, a ruling government that has one, this is a monarchy, one leader, many subjects. I mean, it's just, it just behooves me to, when you say that I'm the kingdom and I'm walking up wherever I go, yet my kingdom, my, my, my doors are open to the enemy. So I'll allow, you know, anything to happen. And what the enemy does, he claims diplomatic immunity. Which we don't do. Wow. You let me in. That's right. You, you let to, me in. You have to give them permission. You have to give them permission. <laughs> y'all, y'all think it's funny. They, they had this old movie on TV we were watching, and it, so it's a vampire movie, and it's like uh, you have the right mind to listen. You can see the enemy all the time, and he's always he can't keep a secret. <laughs> and right. you have to you have to for evil to come in to their house. You right. have to invite me. I can't cross it without you inviting me. Y'all got to understand something. These things that are in your life and what is going on is, is you invite them. And that's pretty much the teaching from the last five weeks. Yeah. But the kingdom is with you. Is with the kingdom where is within you. Y'all got to go out there and really take control of our community. By the kingdom that's in you. Sin can't be, can't, sin just cannot infiltrate or violate mm -hmm. my borders. You can't. You can't. Leviticus, this book, I love it. is really kind of describe how the people were encamped around about Mount Sinai. And Mount Sinai really represent the mm -hmm. mountain of God. They were encamped in the desert at the foot of God. Mm -hmm. This is how you are to live. You are to live at the foot of God. You should encamp, build your dwelling place oh, yes. Oh, yes. at the foot of God. That's right, DJ. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I like that. So let's go a little, 
little deeper and at the foot of God that's where the law was given they sat there in a dry place at the foot of God to receive his law his instruction this is how you are to receive his instructions to maintain your position at the foot of God Mm. When you move out of position, you no longer hear instruction on how to live a consecrated life. So let's go in a deeper insight into Leviticus. It deals with uh, quite a few things. So the slavery of sin. Now, God had just delivered the Israelite from slavery Mm -hmm. and had taken them out of Egypt. Now, and listen closely, now he is preparing to take Egypt and slavery to sin out of them. Good gracious. <laughs> God had just delivered the Israelites from slavery and taken them out of Egypt. Now he is preparing to take Egypt and slavery to sin out of them. He's preparing to take Egypt and slavery to sin out of them. He's taking them from the physical place of sin. Yep. But now he wants to, to, to ensure that it's done properly because you can take a person out of a location, but they still somehow maintain to be in that same location, even though they're not physically there. Mm. So he's saying, I have to physically take you out, out of sin and then take the slavery to sin out of you. Mm. Because, you know, when they left out of Egypt, y'all know they brought idols with them. They had Baal worshipers with them. They had that same slavery mentality in them, along with their idols. Mm-hmm. Just read the story. And think about your own life. Good when it comes to sin or, or a place where Come on, the sin was conceived. Birth. And, and take you out of the place. Mm. But the slavery to the sin is still inside of you. That has to be taken out. That has to be killed. The killing place. So throughout the Bible, Egypt fulfills two type of roles or dual positions here. Mm -hmm. It's considered to be a place of refuge and also a place of oppression. Sin somehow feels to be a good getaway. Place of refuge. Let your hair down, so to speak. I go there to get away. Place of refuge, but yet it oppresses me. Things that we think are good for us, feel good, but yet the end result is that it oppresses us. But this is what lures you in. is the falsehood of the satisfaction of it. Mm. Amen? Amen. It's considered to be a come up out of place and a place to flee to. Come out of and also a place to flee to. So when they were brought out of Egypt, then let's go back. We're hungry. We don't have anything. Because things got tough. This is why they went Mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. They said, well, you know, that's going to take care of us. We were familiar with that. The same thing with sin. Moses came out of Egypt. Joseph was taken to Egypt. Mm -hmm. 
oppressed. Abraham went to Egypt. Mm-hmm. There's a famine in the land. So Joseph sent for his father and his family. It's considered to be also a falsehood, a place of wisdom. The world's wisdom. Oh, it's a lot going on in Egypt. Sin give you a false sense of peace. Go back to Egypt. Go back to sin. I have some peace. They didn't mind being enslaved. Mm-mm. However, like Moses and Jesus came out of Egypt, but they escaped the temptation of luxury and ease and a peaceful life. And instead, he will fulfill the will of God and follow the long life road of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem has a meaning as a, the foundation of a city of peace and also dwell forever. This mm-hmm. is what God said. This is the place I will dwell forever, Jerusalem. That's right. Told him, go to Jerusalem until you're endowed with power from on high, a place that I will dwell forever. Mm. Amen? Amen. The way to deal with sin. The way to deal with sin. Mm. What did we even say sin was? We talked about sin. So sin really is beyond missing the churchy response, missing the mark. <laughs> <laughs> Church, <laughs> sin is missing the mark. <laughs> sin is really declaring war, a revolutionary war against God. That's mm. what sin is. Sin seeks to dispose God off of his throne. Mm. 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 So, how do we deal with sin? Kill it before it kills you. <laughs> Kill it. Slaughter it. Before it kills you. Demolish it. The wages of sin is. Okay. And why do we do it? But go ahead. I think I'll say it again. The way to deal with sin is to kill it before it kills you. Mm. It's Mm. not your flesh that is actually killed, but it's the mind and purpose of your flesh that gives birth to sin. Mm. Say that one more time. It's not your flesh that is actually being killed, but the mind and purpose of your flesh that ultimately gives birth to sin. Your mind of your flesh gives birth to sin. So keep in mind what sin is and how you can avoid its pitfall. So let's, let's, Discuss how to avoid the pitfall of sin. You must become, first of all, skilled at killing your own sin. Skilled. You must become skilled at killing your own sin. Not someone else's. And keep in mind, it's not always something that we think is of the fleshly desire mm-hmm. in the perverted way it's more of anything that's not of faith I'm not walking in love that's not faith that's not faith it's sin mm-hmm. think of those things that you don't think is sin you're okay with 
actually continuing in your conduct because you, you have made justification as to why you're doing what you're doing. And it's not wrong in your eye. Mm. I'm going to share a little brief conversation I, I had with my husband um, this past weekend. I saw the eye gate, ear gate, how the information enters in, thoughts. All right? You read something, you hear something, you see something. And you respond to what you hear and see in or feel with your senses, your five senses. But what we fail to do is to respond accurately with our spiritual senses. So this is what happened, and just digress a little bit, but yet not digressing, is that the ear, the right ear, the right thumb, the right big toe, were all anointed with blood on the priests. And first of all, why the right side and why those parts of the body were anointed? Why the right ear? Why the right thumb? Why the big toe? Why were they anointed with the blood? Because for one of how we hear, have to anoint your ear. First of all, deal with the right side. Mm -hmm. Why the right side? It was considered because if you think about how many people in the world are right-handed, use the right side of the body. The right side of the body is really considered to be the superior authority. Mm -hmm. Because out of every one to 10 people, one is the lower number. That's the left-handed people. The right hand or right side is to be the superior authority, the stronger side. The, the left side is considered to be the weaker side. <laughs> so they anointed the superior, stronger side of humanity so that you could hear the voice of God. Anoint the ear. Anoint the thumb. The thumb holds the word of God and wills the word of God. Mm -hmm. So you, this is why you can't hold the word. You can't hold the word. The word keeps slipping away from you. Mm. Have to be refined in your, in, your, in your covenant of consecration again. Because you can't seem to hold the word. I can't seem to really, the word doesn't stick your right thumb need to be anointed to hold the word of God. Amen. To will the word of God when adversity come you in trouble. Now, I can apply the word of God and it can lift up a standard against the world and my own thoughts and my own mind. All of my flaws and things don't seem right or look right. Now, with what I've heard, I allow that to lift up a standard. Why the, the right big toe? Cut it off, you have no balance. To be balanced in the word of God. To be able to war. I need to be able to position myself. Prop, I need my big toe. Right big toe anointed. 
certain parts of the body just to symbolize the strength, the things that you need for spiritual warfare, what you need for your spiritual relationship with God. This is why I can't hear or understand what's spiritual because your ears have not been anointed to hear the holy word. Only a consecrated vessel can hold the word of God. Mm-hmm. A vessel who has killed the mind and feelings of your flesh. So we avoid the pitfall of sin when we become skilled at killing our own sin. For your flesh has a carnal mind that's hostile at war with God and at war for your divine purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Sin is deprived of its power when you receive Christ as the sin offering sacrifice. This is how you avoid the pitfalls. It's that you realize sin is deprived of its power when you receive Christ as the sin offering sacrifice. Not when I just say it, but it's real to me that he became the sin offering. It deprives sin of its power. The sacrificial lamb of God has declared an end of sin control. Mm. However, it must be a reality to the new creation to experience victory of the death sin grip. The sacrificial lamb of God has declared an end of sin control. You should not be under the control of sin. However, it must be a reality to the new creation to experience victory over the death sin grip. It has a grip. Only to those who are not living a consecrated, separated, anointed life for the living God. Romans 6 2 says, How can we who die to sin still live in it? Paul is asking. How can we who die to sin still live in it? We can't, he answers himself. We can't. (laughs) If we die to sin by being united with Christ in his death, we can't stay married to sin. The faith that unites us to Christ, it disunites us from sin. The faith that unites you with Christ disunites you with sin. It automatically cut off your relationship with sin because of your relationship with God. There's no way you can have a relationship with your creator in sin. No way. It's not possible. The faith that makes peace with God makes war with our sin. Your faith with God is what you don't have to fight to not sin. This this is the awesome part. You don't have to fight not to sin. You just have to have a relationship with God. Your relationship with God makes war on sin. That's powerful by itself. I'm just saying. It makes, it's no fighting. We're trying to fight to live right. We're trying to fight not to do what God what I would do, I find myself doing and what I, I, I shouldn't be doing, I can't do. Mm-mm. 
vice versa. It's all mixed together. So we're not sure what's right and what's wrong. But I'm trying to do what's right. But every time I try to do what's right, evil's always present. So how do I avoid that pitfall? By staying in relationship with the true and living God. My relationship with him declares to sin that I have victory, and it makes war with sin. It's not even a fight. I, I was because you said a lot right there. I need you to really get this, because we always think that we got to struggle. To, is it hard to be saved? No. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about a marriage. Let's go ahead. Well, go I think ahead. about a marriage. Yeah. And, you know, you, you may have had someone, that someone with sin, right? They wanted yeah. to get with you before you got married. And they still trying to get with you. And they know you're getting married. But then you get married. And they still act like y'all together. Uh. <laughs> but the marriage. The, my new relationship. My marriage. Protects me. Mm. From the sin. The that's person good. that's still trying to get with me. Because there's even a law. That's right. That comes against this person who's trying to be in my covenant. This is why you can't be married. This is why I said you can't be married to both. There's a law that's working out for you Mm. when it comes to your covenant. Mm, mm, mm. No one else can be a part of it. That's really good. It makes war for you. You are to be at odds with sin and not in agreement with it. You're to be at odds with things that does not agree with the word of God. Whatever's in your life, in your home, in your mind that does not agree with the word of God, you should be at odds with it, not in agreement with it, not giving into it. Don't give into depression. I'm at odds with depression. I'm in, even in a higher odds with poverty. Mm. It's just certain things that when it comes near you, if someone's your enemy, you don't want to welcome your enemy. Come in. You could come over. Somebody's going to rob your house. You come on in take everything. But this is what we're doing with sin. We're inviting sin in our lives to take over. To oppress us, to possess us, and ultimately kill us. But there's no fight when you're in a consecrated covenant with your true and living God. So that's how war with the sin. So that's how you don't have to worry about when you say resist the devil Mm -hmm. and he will flee Mm -hmm. because you are turned toward God. That's right. So you don't. That he knows he can't get in. Mm-hmm. That's right. But what we do, we keep that little, little foot, that little thing in between that door, so he can still. That's right. You got to blow it all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing the different things in our lives that, where we, we don't consider it a sin. Have God said? Satan asked Eve. He's still doing he it. Said, He's still doing it. You will surely die if you eat from this tree. And this is what you're saying. Have God said, Uh-oh. I have to worship him even when I don't feel like it? Have God said, have God said, I, 
I can't stay home, and he understands I'm tired. Have, have God truly said that? Has God said that I can actually still pray and I haven't forgiven my brother? Has God said that? Mm. He's not creating nothing new. But we are making our own relationship. You're trying to redefine your covenant with God by your own reasoning, your sure. own thinking. Yeah, and add feelings. Your own feelings. Your own feelings, yeah. That's the big one. He talks about holiness of God. Holiness is spoken of 152 times in the book of Leviticus. Good gracious. It is mentioned here more than any other book of the Bible. Holiness. God was teaching his people that they were to be set apart, separated for holiness, hollowed out for his purpose, and called to action. We are to devote every area of our lives to him. There should not be any part of your life that you decide that you want to run it yourself. Because mm. that's saying that hard's going to come to my house, tell me how to live, when to get into my car, when to pay my bill. Wait a minute, you. <laughs> but this is as crazy as this sounds. Sounds. This is what you're doing with what you think is your life. Go ahead. And it's not your life. How would you feel, Fee? I decided that your life, that I'm going to come in your house and tell you when to eat, when to pray. Don't pray tonight. I'm, I'm the old man trying to talk to the new man. That's the old man supposed to be dead. Or a stranger. Just say a stranger come in your house and try to run your life. But this is what we're doing. We're trying to... Mm. Run someone else's life. We're trying to run God's life. Mm. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to tell Lala that, no, you, you're not going to wear that. This is what you put on today. It don't and even no, fit you. You only get $5 this week for lunch. I'm going to run your life. I know you're not going to drive your car today. You're going to walk everywhere you go. And you're going to listen to my music. And you're going to listen to what I'm putting my playlist on, God. Mm. Mm -mm. I'm going to listen to my playlist. I'm going to watch what I want to watch. I had enough of you today, God. Matter of fact. Let's not even have a conversation. We've been told that. Can we get together? We Christians, we get and together not and God. not talk about God. Y'all think we're joking. Can we get together let's and tell not? God not to talk about God. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. We <laughs> Christians, we get together and say, let's not talk about God. Yeah. Get your head, get your coat, we out. Mm -hmm. mm. I've had enough. <laughs> I got a witness back there. Of praying. Uh, oh. Stop praying. How many times you pray today? He said pray without ceasing. Did you pray at all? Stop praying. Did you pray at all? He was at church at least eight hours. Man. Wasn't that enough? This is what our flesh tells us. We sure do. We sure We've been do. Yeah, what? Let me count the hours. But when you're in eternity, there's no measurement of time. time. That's why you're ready to go. It, not in his presence. Mm. That was just a nugget. But when you're in his presence, you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave. And you want more time. That's why I told y'all. Stay in the glory. 
<laughs> I ain't telling y'all just miss. Stay in the glory. Don't come out. Mm. Our sin must be dealt with first. And Leviticus, he makes this book actually opens up with instructions for offerings and sacrifice. So let's talk about some of the offering, which is worship. Amen. God showed his people in Leviticus the way into his presence. He showed them the way into his presence. He didn't say you have to have a choir. I have to get a choir to sing. He, and I love what Pastor said that you are the choir. You have the instruments. Let your body, your you. temple, worship God. He said, I will show you. I, he said, I will show you the way into my presence. I love that. Not that you think a certain way and how you, in tradition, how you've been thinking that you've been led into his way of, of worship and into his presence. You have not. This is why he said, I will tell, tell you, you how to worship me and the way to enter into my presence. That's so good. So we don't have to, we don't have to guess or anything. We just need to read. Mm-hmm. So the path into his presence was this, is that they opened through the entrance to the presence of God is sacrifice. Oh. This is why we can't open our mouths. So that's a sacrifice. This is why we can't give. Give of ourselves. Mm -hmm. This is why you can't get into the presence because to get into like his presence, the way into his presence is sacrifice. sacrifice. That's the entrance. So like David said, I will. I will. Bless the Lord. Yeah. I will myself. I will do it. Amen. The path into worship was open through the sacrifices and offerings made by the priests. And you're now the priest. The priest. Priestlyhood. Amen. The true worshipers. True worshipers. He said, this is how they get in. How do you feel the presence of God? It should never be a time that I don't feel the presence of God. And it's only because of tradition and, and, and feelings and physical on the body. But there's a spiritual, like I said, pressing of his spirit on your spirit when you're truly in the presence of God. And you will not want to leave. Mm -hmm. when, you really, when you really go there, when you really go into the holy of holies, and you have access now to the Holy of Holies. I don't want to get ahead of what you're in, but you do have access now. Wow, we're coming up. Mm. We have uh, about 12 minutes. I am about to. Y'all have access to the Holy of Holies. <laughs> y'all can, y'all have access to the Holy of Holies. Mm -hmm. They didn't have access That's right. to the Holy of Holies. Only one person had access. Worship then is about relationship with God. And letting him into every part of your life. Ooh, Let him consume you. That's good. Worship is about relationship. Let him take over your thoughts. Let him take over your feelings, your affections, the things that you consider to love and hold high in your life and most important, what's been consuming your mind all week long. Let him be that. He said, then you're worshiping me. God. Give him your fears too. Good God. All parts of you. Mm. True worship begins with accepting Christ as the sin offering. Oh, that's so good. 
Worship is, is vertical and it's also horizontal. Mm-hmm. So the vertical is towards God and the horizontal is towards others. Mm. It's involving our relationship with God and how we relate to other people. If you don't relate to other people well, hence are you in true worship. This is why I say when it comes to people saying, well, you, this, is, this is how I am. Or, or they're more concerned with clashing with people. Because I have that type of personality. I usually would consider what I clash with people because I am real. It's more of, I want people to get it. This is why I know God called me to be a teacher. And in my call, there's a burden that I carry. It's that people don't get it. It frustrates me. Because I, it's, not, it's, not, it's not me that has this passion and deep urge for the people to get it. It's the Christ that's in me. Amen. Why would just humanity overall care so much about person? personal growth, not my blood family, but you are my spiritual family. Amen. And he's placed in me a deep passion for you to get it. And there's an urgency that you should get it. Because too much time has went past us and, and, and too many things that God has reserved and have waiting ready for you but you can't get it because you're not ready. You're not ready to handle the blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, got, he has a blessing with your name on it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's over there, though, with your name on it. But we're allowing our situation, our circumstances. We're overtaken by our thoughts, you know, what's going on in our lives that we can't seem to see God anymore. Mm. And he's placed upon me a mandate for you to get it. That's my call as a teacher. To get you to understand, to receive, then graft the word of God. Amen. Not to hear the word of God. Not to go back out into your homes and then live the same way that you were living before you came here. It's time to kill the sin before it kills you. Mm. Kill your arrogance. Kill your pride. Kill your selfishness. Mm. Kill your self-pity. Kill your grief. Kill the, kill the things when the family, the people not treating you right. Kill all of that. Kill that you've been mistreated. Kill that you're still being mistreated. Mm. Accept your past. Don't disregard it. Because if you disregard what your past is, you can't go on. Because you'll still be living your past. Amen. Acknowledge what it was. Mm. But don't disregard it. You have to accept what it was. But it's not you anymore. Bring it to the altar. The brazen altar. Your emotion, your hurt, your unforgiveness. Decide to forgive yourselves first. Amen. And then forgive others. Our hardest task 
is forgiving ourselves than is others. When you forgive yourself, free yourself from a debt that you no longer owe. Amen. Why would you pay on a bill that's already paid? Mm. Your debt has been paid, Lala. It's been paid. Each and every one of us through the sin offering. Amen. Your debt has been paid. Kill sin before it kills you. This is, as Paul was said, I beseech you, my brethren, with all my being and all that I am, that you present your body a living sacrifice, acceptable to God, consecrate your life, be set apart. Amen. Amen.